0: This season, we are doing a series called, obviously, Under One Roof. And I know that last weekend, uh, Eugene Mick mentioned that that was the last of the series, but I've decided to extend the series with one more thought, which is praying for one another or praying with one another. And I thought that uh, there's no other better way to end Under One Roof by bringing about the thought about prayer. Under One Roof was designed to reclaim back relationship that potentially was strained during this entire MCO. And obviously, there's so many statistics to talk about the breakdown of marriages, the breakdown of maybe a parent and a child relationship, or the breakdown uh, that happens between you and your friends. And uh, so this desire, when we were talking about under Underwander, we wanted us to take back a relationship that potentially would have been strained over the years and over the month. And you know, the reality is this, you know, as all of us grow up, our opinions get more and more. And because we are so opinionated, sometimes we collect offenses. Uh, Just, you know, in the entire pandemic, I know of people who get offended because of the American US presidential election, which has nothing to do with us, but people get so opinionated, and they took side, and it became a debate, and then an argument. Or oh, I know of people because of vaccination, should I vaccine, should I not vaccine? And create so much tension, and sometimes in the same household, one wants, one doesn't want. And so all of that creates a not the most harmonious situation sometimes at home uh, because of the way we think. Uh, Yet the Bible, on the other end, tells us that we should be the best when it comes to relationship. Because Jesus tells us that He, uh, it all starts with relationship. Him, us, and us, and them. And and so sometimes we hold these two tensions. So in this series, uh, we wanted us to kind of walk through that and to bring back some of the one another, which is a plenty, almost 50 of them in the Bible. And we only do seven of them, or six of them. uh, And uh, maybe seven, right? Eight, one, two, three, four, five, six six of them including of this weekend all right now so this is what we have covered and we talk about submitting to one another uh, a very really the basis and foundation of the other one another it all begins of not hierarchical but it's a mutual submission that we begin with. Uh, then we talk about the importance of forgiving one another. Uh, we talk about carrying one another's burden. I'm sure there's loads of burden. Uh, and kids have their own burden. Parents have their own burden. Kids' burden looks more like schoolwork, loneliness, and uh, not being able to dream further because of the pandemic. And parents' uh, burden looks differently. They have to cook, they have to work, they have, you know, all of that. Uh, then we talk about the importance of building one another with words. Our words have a creativity force. Every time when we speak Speak a positive word. We create a positive environment, and the Bible tells us that when God spoke, the world came into being. So the importance of building up one another, not tearing down. And then uh, last weekend, uh, Eugene did a fantastic job about living in peace with one another. And you you would have you would not want to miss that message because he ended with a incredible, powerful personal story of the journey that he had uh, with his family, especially the sister, which is my niece, and also my elder. Sister, which is Eugene's mom, and the whole entire family, how the peace of God anchored them in the most troubling pathway uh, that they have taken. And so today I want to end with praying with one another. And I thought about praying with one another. Uh, the thought about praying with one another is so powerful because something about prayer that potentially ties all that we talk about into that little phrase called praying with one another. It has a, a perspective of if you could not pray for one another, if you could not forgive one another, there's no capacity you can pray for each other. There's no capacity you can pray for someone that you are upset and angry, you potentially will come out with very different kind of a prayer. It doesn't sound like prayer at all, more like cursing. Uh, and that's not prayer. And whenever you pray for one another, you actually carries the other's burden. And when you speak forth the Word of God, that's a way of building one another. You know. And so when you think about, there's no other better way to end the one another series or under one roof series with the thought and the importance of praying with one another. Now, as I think about that, I wanted to show a picture of the importance of bold prayer and what it means to have one another. And I decided to use a phrase that Jesus said when He was at Garden of Gethsemane before He went to the cross. And it was astounding because Jesus was the fully Son of God, fully Son of Man. And in the midst of facing His biggest challenge, which is death on the cross, and the night before, He actually took three of His favourite disciples, so to speak. Not favourite, but people He's called disciples. And, and, and you know the story, right? All of them fell asleep. But when He took them, this is what He said to them. He says, my soul is very sorrowful, which is a phrase that all of us uh, can understand and experience at one point even to death. And then he says, remain here. And that shows the importance of one another, even the Son of God. And then he says, and watch with me, which is really pray beside me and watch along with me. Watch and pray. Jesus was inviting the disciples. And you know the story that all of them went asleep three times. And then eventually when the time came, then he woke up the disciple. He says, I wish you could have do that. But nevertheless, the time is now. Now, nobody, none of us ever know what happened if the disciples never fell asleep. Does that mean that Jesus will have greater courage to actually face the impending cross saga that He's going to walk through? Honestly, none of us know, and only eternity we will know. But this little verse shows you the importance of one another, even to Son of God, and also the importance of prayer. Now, I'm going to just talk a little bit about prayer before I move towards praying with one another. Uh, We consistently say this, every time I pray, every time when I come before God, I honestly don't use the word prayer as much as in, I don't think about prayer a religious thing. Every time when I think about the concept of prayer, this is the phrase that I use, bringing God's world into mine or bringing my world into God's, okay? But the whole point was trying to invite God into my world. Uh, So every time when I worship, every time when I come for prayer meet every morning, when I wake up, when when, when I'm faced with challenges as I work through life, I want to bring God's world into mine. And potentially the last, latest, bringing God's world into mine was the message I preached uh, yesterday at the Build Conference. And some of you may not know, uh, but I have been preaching about missional evangelism for past, I think, six Build Conferences. You know, every year. Every year I've been tasked to do that. Uh, so when I when they asked me, could you do it again? And this is the final session. We needed you to do so. Honestly, I was very reluctant. I was trying to play tighty all the way. I suggested a lot of other speakers. Uh, but the team really felt like, uh, you know, being the person that's sort of in charge of the region. And I needed to be The one that said that. Uh, So after working through, I could not, it landed on my plate. And uh, what happened was uh, there was a miscommunication. So the day before I did the recording, uh, they actually said that, you know, uh, we were supposed to receive your video today. And I said, oh, oops, not yet. And uh, so I was kind of scrambling to share my thought about that. And the theme is Awesome God. Uh, so somewhere in that journey, I prayed. And when I prayed, I was wanting to bring gospel into mine. Because my mind was blank. My emotion was stressed. I, I, had, I had just loads of things to do, okay? Uh, so in the midst of all of that, as I bring gospel into my, somewhere in my walking, somewhere in my exercising, somewhere in my watch. Netflix, somewhere in the entire journey, the concept and the thought came and thus I call it because God is awesome, Because it's awesome, we worship, made whole, and be a witness. You know, just that little concept just landed upon me. And immediately, I pieced that together. And I think one day later, I sent the PowerPoint to Eileen. I said, I got it. Uh, I'm going to do it tomorrow. And then I did it, right? Now, so the importance of prayer, bringing God's world into ours. And you have a world of your own. You have a world that potentially is filled with challenges that That is so different. Just now when we were doing the dialogue for the Chinese service, uh, there was someone who wrote that he has been epilepsy and uh, many times and been to ICU. He has his own world. And he was asking, where is God in this world, right? And so all of us go through our little world that is so unique. But what bridges our world into God? What bridges that? Uh, Mental counselling, yeah, it helps you to frame your mind. But that is still a human world. So what bridges into God's word is prayer. God made that available. So prayer, which is why we consistently say prayer is the tipping point. It always tips you to the world of God. So every time when I lift up my hands, when I pray, when I call upon God, whether I'm driving, whether, when every time I turn to God, there is the whole world of mine just embraces whatever God has for me. Now, uh, my favourite verse for the concept of prayer is Jeremiah 33 verse 3. He says, call unto me, I will tell you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Some versions say great and mighty things, mighty is not the best translation honestly, but because they were trying to describe a realm, an environment, a situation that is really beyond us, that's why he call it mighty, but in the Hebrew word, uh, it's actually great and hidden thing is inaccessible and potentially NIV and some other version actually use that word inaccessible. That potentially is the closest towards that. Why? Because that word has a word picture. And the word picture was actually, was something like this, okay? Which is, you are trying to reach out, it's really a garden word where you're trying to reach out to a whole bunch of tree uh, fruits that is hanging on the tree. It looks so juicy. It looks so incredible. And you are trying to reach out, but you couldn't reach it because it's inaccessible. It's, you, you cannot get it. So something about prayer that lifts you up, something about prayer that's almost like a ladder, it helps you to reach things that is inaccessible through natural means. So I want you to know, every time I have my world, my world is always limited. My world can be very discouraging. My world can be very stretched. My world can be a full of different set of emotions. But when I turn to prayer, the Bible says something happened. You know what happened? You begin to assess things that you could not and inaccessible through natural means, which means that, you now can take a heaven's resource and back to your world. So, so every time when I think about prayer, I don't think prayer of just something like that. I don't think prayer of someone going to a temple, being quiet. I think about me assessing something that's incredibly powerful that is of God and bring it into my world. You know how many times? I've said this to people. Uh, not too long ago, I, get, I got one of our church people who, who contacted me, was very depressed. Uh, was depressed because this particular person was in a particular business, and in this business has a lot of conflict. And, uh, and every time, and especially the conflict, has to do with a family members. So this person was depressed and came to me and said, I don't know what to do. He says, I feel like giving up. I feel like walking away. And, and then I began to understand. And he said, no, I cannot talk. This, you know, I'm the youngest. Every time I talk, the hand will come up and say that you are, you keep quiet, you listen, you know. And he said, you know, I, I, I cannot. I, I just felt depressed and I wanted, you know. And, and was there all, and I said, did you, did you try a heart-to-heart talk? Pastor, believe me, I tried so many times, heart-to-heart, only the person heart, my heart never out, okay? And then it was just, okay. I said, why don't you do this? I said, okay, let, let me give you a couple of handles. So I kind of give the handles on, find the best timing, go to a person, review your heart and ask for a heart-to-heart. I said, the, when the day you do it, you tell me I'm going to pray for you. I wanted to add an element of prayer into everything, the same thing the person does again and again which every time he fails. So I say, would you do that? Tell me when you are going to do so. You tell me. I'm going to pray for you. And then you do it. And that's believe God that you are able to assess something that has always been inaccessible because every time you try to talk, it's the hand that comes out, right? And this person did exactly the same. Text me, prayed for the person, had the conversation. For the first time, the person texted me, Pastor, I couldn't believe it. This person kept quiet and listened to everything I've said. And I thought about it, you know, it's so simple. Why is it so simple? Because you learn how to call unto God. You invite something that's inaccessible into your world so that you can assess the things. That's why Jesus say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So you wanted that script, you wanted the prescription to be able to come into your environment, right? So you include God. So I just want to encourage you. I want to begin by just pounding on the importance of adding prayer. How many times I tell people, I know you have tried all of that. Have you tried with people praying with you? Praying for you? Have you done that? I've never, then you should try that. Why don't you try that? And let's believe God for a different outcome accessible things that we couldn't get, all right? Now, once more scripture for prayer. I thought this is one of my favourite scripture for prayer because it paints for you all the different uh, variables, factors and surrounding about prayer. This is Paul. When he wrote Ephesians 6, he was describing of the warfare that we're in. And at the end, he said, after you put on the full armour, which is one thing to let us know that we live in a warfare zone, that's just our life, okay? Then he says this, and he gives you four elements about prayer. He says pray at all times, in the spirit, with all prayer, supplication to the end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. What's the key word all? All times, all prayers, all perseverance, all people. Whenever we talk about prayer, uh, these are the four elements I want you to think. Number one, all times. Happy time, low time, difficult time, stretching time, tough time, COVID time, pandemic time, pandemic team, ICU time, whatever. All times prayer. Right? Just include that. All kinds of prayer. Prayer has many, many versions. Sometimes you get greater intensity. Sometimes you just quiet yourself. Sometimes you intercede. Sometimes you supplicate. Sometimes you make a casual prayer. When you go for a when you go for a walk, you're just enjoying God, you say a couple of words, you know, you pray without ceasing. All times, all kinds of prayer. All perseverance, and I think this is potentially one of our weakest things, uh, because when we pray, we like it to be fast. We want to pray one year, and we see our whole nation change. And Israelite was 400 years in captivity, and sometimes it takes a long time. and I, And I don't understand the entire implication and how you know. I, I don't. It is really a God thing, but the Bible says we. We kept on doing it. We kept on bringing before God. We never gave up. All kinds of perseverance. And then he says, you pray for all people, everyone. Which really leads me to the praying for one another. Because when you think about prayer, prayer is never just about you. It is not just about all your problem, all your, or, or, no, no, it's about all times, all kinds of prayer, all perseverance, and then pray for all people. Praying for one another, it's very biblical in the Bible. In fact, if you study the life of Paul very carefully, almost in all the 11 to 12 letters, depending on whether you think Hebrews is written by him or not, he talks about prayer. And every time he talk about prayer, he has two elements. He says, I consistently pray for you. I remember you in my breath. I praise God for you. I thank God as I mention your name to God, right? He talk about him praying for them. And almost in every epistle, he asks them to pray for him. He asked them to pray that he, God will deliver him. He asked them for, for them to pray that God will open a door. He asked them to pray that he's able to come to them and meet up with them in the book of Romans, you know. So he always pray for them and expect them to actually pray for him. So this whole thing about praying for one another is extremely, extremely biblical. All right, now, those that all I've said was to just lay you a couple of foundations, the importance of prayer, the importance of praying for people, and then eventually, I'm going to land at this particular passage, and I'm going to take about 10 minutes, and I'm going to uh, create dialogue, okay? Actually, it was my goal today that women take the Take the pulpit. So, uh, but I'm going to get two women with me, Sufi and my wife, later because I want them to join in in the dialogue. All right. Now, praying with and for one another, James chapter five. Okay. Now, the book of James was extremely practical. In fact, a lot of people say that James was like the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament. It gives you a lot of practical handles. So, if you read the book of James, uh, there is a huge persecution. That is happening, and the one that wrote this potentially is Jesus' half brother James, the one that believed in Jesus and saw Jesus' post-resurrection, and eventually became a leader. And he was actually being persecuted and died eventually. All right, but nevertheless, uh, he wrote this maybe about eighty somewhere fifty to sixty around that time, and uh, there were many clues to tell you that that is potentially the timing that, that was written. Okay, but it was an extremely practical book. He dealt with the importance of tongue. He talked about how uh, words, you know, the same tongue that praise God is the same tongue that curses. He says, how can it be? He talked about church, you know, how to treat both rich, and poor people, treat them the same. He talked about godly wisdom, worldly wisdom. I mean, he has just so many practical handles. In James chapter 5, as he concluded all that he talked about, he brings to an important insight and he talked about prayer and he talked about the community. He was trying to marry the thought about prayer and the thought about community together and bring out this insight about praying for one another or with one another, alright? So I'm going to read this whole passage one time because I wanted to highlight in every sentence there is a word mentioned about prayer. And I'm going to unpack them line by line, okay? So he says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful, let him sing praise, which is also another form of prayer. He says, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. He takes, he says, sickness and sin, sort of talk about this together, and the element of praying for one another actually can bring about a change, right? And then he says, therefore. Therefore means after you understand the importance of prayer, then make a difference. Understand the importance of praying for one another. That can make a difference. Okay, calling the elders and all of that. He says, Therefore, you confess your sin to one another and pray for one another. So it's about confess, talk about pray for one another. And then he says that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power. As it is working, Elijah was a man just like us. Nature, same like all of one, every one of us. Why is Elijah the same? Yes, he confronted 500 prophets, but he's afraid of one woman. Most of, I'm just kidding, okay, never mind. Uh, was a man just like us, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and on the earth bore its so Remember we talk about, when we pray, Whatever that's done in heaven will be done on earth. That's one of the most beautiful picture. The Bible says he prayed, heaven gave rain, and the earth bear its fruit. Right, which is one of those beautiful description and a picture. And of course, I know it was a it was an event that he prayed where God gave the rain. All right. Now I want to walk you through because in all these verses that you read, prayer, 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 one another, keep popping up, all right? So I'm going to kind of walk you through each verse by verse, and I'm going to bring all this to a close with a story, okay? Now, the Bible says, uh, let me go back to the first one. He says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. So, so this, is, this is James. Huh? He was trying to talk about prayer. He wants to talk about community, and to trying to bring both together. So he began by telling us, he says, He gave us three scenarios. He says, the first one is, if anyone among you is suffering, the word suffering simply means that you were under affliction. You were uh, having troubles in your life, okay? He says, if you are having suffering, he says, don't complain, but pray. Please pray. Please invite God. He says, and then he brings you to other extreme if you are cheerful. So he says, if you're at the best of your circumstances, if you're at your worst circumstances, he says, Pray. He says you invite God into both ends of the world and anything in between, alright? He kind of tells you that. And then the next verse, he says, if anyone among you is sick, he brings the third category. He says if you are sick, uh, the word sick here doesn't just mean physical healing. It could mean, but in the Greek simply means you were very feeble, you were very weak. Uh, it could mean spiritually, it could mean emotionally, it could mean physically. He says that. Then he says, let him call for elders, which gives you a very two important concept, which is number one, he says, you must ask. He says, you take the initiative. You know, oftentimes, we don't actually take the initiative. You know, last week, I think, yeah, about... I think it was last week. I met up with someone who, uh, because of MCO, caved into depression. And I asked this particular person, I said, "What was the peak of your depression?" He says, ah, "Pastor, you wouldn't want to know." He says, ah. "And uh, I was so angry at a particular situation, and I couldn't stand that noise that I almost wanted to def- break my own eardrum in order for I was so extreme in my thinking." And you know, but what I'm so grateful for this particular person, I'm sure he's listening right now to this, is that he reached out for help. He texts and says, I need help. Can you meet up with me? I I, I cannot shake this off, Pastor. I couldn't shake this off. I tried this, I tried, I couldn't. And you know what? And 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 just because he, he called for help. So let him call for, and then he says the elders, which means that James believed in a local church context. There is a leader that you look up to. It is not, I belong to the whole world church. You know, I just zoom into whichever I want to. It, it is not. It is really there are leaders that look after your life. He says, then you call for the elders. He says, let them pray over you anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. There are two concepts when it comes to oil, and both school of thoughts are correct in my humble opinion. One school of thoughts is oil always symbolize Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, right? Uh, David was anointed with oil as king. Samuel did that. Just consider, annoyed me with fresh oil, the book of Psalms, right? Uh, But the usage of oil here for some scholars, because they use a very interesting word for oil, it seems that there is a medical. Now, if it has a medical and a Holy Spirit, it it just simply tells us that both are complementary. It's okay, so he says that whether annoy is a medical thing or annoy with him was an, was an inviting or it doesn't matter. He says, let him pray and you annoy them in the name of the Lord. And then the Bible says, he says, whenever you do that, he says, the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And then the word sick here was another different word. Actually, it wasn't the same Greek word, but the word sick here means you're about to collapse, which is why he says God will raise him up. So no matter what you're going through in your life, and the reality is this. Sometimes in our life, we go through situations where we felt like we're going to collapse. Sometimes emotionally, we're going to break down. Sometimes spiritually, we're going to give up or give in. Sometimes physically, we feel like we're going to faint. right? It doesn't matter. But he says the Lord will raise him up because he was talking about the importance of asking for help and then including prayer. And then if he has committed sins, he'll be forgiven. So he says that not only a sick problem, he says, you have a sin problem. He says, you call for help. You include prayer. He says, it can be forgiven because of that. Then he says, therefore, understanding the power of prayer, understanding the importance of water, he says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Now, so he asks us to be vulnerable. You know, when that particular person called me up and says, I need help, I cannot shake it off, he has to be vulnerable. He has to reveal information about what he was going through that typically he won't, right? He won't, you know what I'm saying? The vulnerability was there. And then he says that you may be healed. Then after that, he wanted to hip on the importance of prayer. He then he says, the prayer of a righteous person has great power in its working. Uh, You know, all of us know, none of us are righteous. We we know that we are righteous simply because of Jesus. So the Bible says that the prayer of a righteous person in Christ is always powerful. And then he gave us an example. This is what he says, Elijah. He says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. You know, Elijah is so like us. You know why? He went for depression. In fact, he was suicidal. If you haven't gone for suicidal, you are actually better than Elijah. So to speak, right? And he had all the challenges he had as a human being. He felt like giving up. He, he he depressed, and he don't to talk to God. And you know, God just fed him for forty days before he stood up and went for another assignment. You know, all of that. He says the Bible says that he prayed fervently that it might not rain. Actually, in the, Hebrew, in the Greek, there's no really clarity of this word fervently, okay? But he prayed, and for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth, and then he prayed again, and then the rain came. Bible was trying to tell us that. He says, you know what? He says, when it kind of comes to prayer, he says, you don't have to be a prayer warrior. You just need to be a person who believes in Jesus and pray. And he says, God will listen to our prayer. It's really as simple as that. Now, praying for one another, It is really a muscle that needed to be practiced. Later, I'm going to have Sufi and my wife, and there are people who pray for them. I know my wife believes much in praying for someone. Obviously, Sufi, the one that leads the healing room, very much so. So I'm going to kind of talk to them. Uh, But I want to say this. Whenever we think about praying for one another, do not mystify the whole concept. Uh, You do not have to be... The Bible says all you needed to do is you learn to believe in Jesus and then you are like Elijah in our own weaknesses, in our own packages of all that we go through. He says, but you learn to call upon God and God will tell you great and mighty things. I'm going to end with the last story and then we're going to jump into the dialogue. I mean, the host and then the dialogue. Um, I remember one of my friends who, who came to me and asked for me to pray with this person. It was a very complex situation because of a corporate deal that went sour, and I will never forget when the first time the person came to me said this, he says, it is so complex, He says that I might be, go- I might be going to jail, and I, and I still remember I picked up that as a prayer burden for almost daily, for a season, I prayed for this person, and I felt God's prompted in my heart that God will really spare the person's life. And to, be, to cut a long story short, it to, almost took about a year. And at the end of that, the entire saga, uh, the person uh, was spared. And I will never forget, on that particular day, he came to church, came and gave me a hug and said, that, thank you uh, for praying. Now, I wanted to share that little thought was to help you to understand whenever we pray for one another, we can be at an absolutely adverse situation. But because there's an inclusion of God, God will always rewrite the script uh, because whenever He's involved. Now, sometimes it is not the way we wanted it to be. It's not the way we could have scripted it. But we surrender to God because with God, when we pray, emphasize and live the importance of praying for one another, we bring and usher God's will into that particular world and see that changing. So I want to encourage all of you, this entire Under One Roof series, I hope you go back to your live group, you go back to your family, and you practice some of the things that we said, and you just learn how to pray for one another, build each other, forgive each other, uh, so that we bring really the one another that the Bible talks about into our environment, our family, our household, your office, your colleagues, so that we are a blessing. Let's pray. God, we're so grateful to you that we get to talk about one another in this season. And the whole goal was to reclaim back relational gaps, cracks that could have happened surrounding the one another of our life. But this morning, oh God, as we talk about prayer for one another, we want to believe that every time we choose to do so, we introduce the world of God into a particular person's world so that your world will brighten, will rewrite, uh, will refresh, will rejuvenate it, will do everything that is of you into that particular person's world. We thank you that you make prayer possible. Not only that, the Bible tells us that you are praying for us because prayer is the way you design that we are able to take what is of yours into our world. We are grateful for that. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen. God bless.